today we're going to switch gears just a little. We're still in Ephesians. We're going to switch gears a little. Um, I think like every Sunday can be hard if we want it to be. Meaning if we allow the word of God to speak to us, sometimes we could just go, uh-oh. That ever happened to you? Maybe not. Happens to me every time before I get up and preach. <laughs> oh, okay, God. But praise his name that it's through his church and his body and our interaction with him and our relationship with him and our walk with him that we can be made stronger and the oh-ohs literally become, praise God, serious. To me, we got some oh-ohs this morning. You'll see what I mean. But we can praise him. Instead of, instead of allowing these things to take us down, uh, to condemn us, may they convict us. And may we change more and more to glorify him. And in our lives, may we come to that place as we grow that we take others with us in his name, for his name. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be here, to worship in your house, to be with those that have trusted you and and have received that eternal life that only you can give through your son, Jesus. We pray for those that do not yet know you. And I know that can seem so strange. The Bible says that the word is foolishness to those who don't believe. Well, there was a time I didn't believe, and it was foolishness to me. So may the mystery of your salvation to those be seen and heard and revealed by the revelation of the word this morning and your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have a vision. I know you see it every Sunday, but I'm going to read it for those that are visiting and also for those on the web and also to remind us. And one time I'm going to come up here and I'm going to click. It's going to be a blank screen and I'm going to say, okay, you tell me. So be be ready, like pop quiz. So we're moving people toward Christ. That's our vision statement. And our mission statement or how we achieve that here at Four Corners to help us keep focused is we equip the saints, we strengthen our families, and we grow together in our faith. And we do this as we move closer to Christ to help others to move toward Christ. So it's not just about us, but it's about our personal growth, our relationship with God, the body of Christ coming together. It's what we've been talking about in Ephesians for a few weeks now. And as we do that, as we live out our life in him, we take others with us. We share that same love story. Oh, there's nothing more sweeter than that. Serious. God moments and our testimonies, we are constantly, I pray, looking to see what God is doing all around us. And we get in on what he's doing. We're praying in the morning, God, show me where you're working. We can be creatures of habit. Who who here is a creature of habit? You know what I mean? Because I know exactly what I mean. Because for a year I preached without the words on the back screen, and now that they're there, I still look at the front screen. <laughs> what is it? See, look back there. Look look back there. All I got to do, I don't have to even look like I do. I have to, but we're creatures of habit. 
And before you know it, we start a pattern, we start a pattern, we do this, we do this, we do this, and guess what? We get stuck. We, we can get stuck. My next-door neighbor got some dirt brought in because their hill's washing away. There's a big old truck with big old dooleys and a big old dump thing with dirt in it. And the guy goes, I never get stuck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm going, that's, that's, that's good. He gets back there, dumps a load, takes off. Comes back, dumps another load, takes off. Third load. He gets stuck. And he doesn't just get stuck. How do most guys probably, I don't know about girls. Girls don't get stuck. But how do most guys try to get unstuck, guys? And he's just going, stop, what are you doing? He's just burying this big old truck. Oh, my God. So I get my little truck. It's a 4 by 4 but still it's a little baby thing. It's a 154 by 4 I said, would you like for me to pull you out? Yeah, if you would, please. There's a reason for this story. So I take my little truck with his big truck, tandem 4 by 4 with a dump trailer on it with dirt not yet all the way out. And they're going, and they're scrambling. They're getting big old boulders. They're putting them under the tires, and I'm just watching them. Everyone's scurrying around. That's why, no, 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 no. You don't take a little truck and get out a big truck by trying. We're not going to manhandle this thing out of here. So I said, get everything away from the wheels, and we dug out. Some of you that are from the snow know exactly what I mean. We dug out before the wheels and after the wheels. And I said, now, all I want you to do is back up. We're trying to go forward. I said, just, just humor me. Back up. He backs up about four inches. I said, now go forward. And he lays just a little track. It's just a few inches, about four inches back and four inches forward. And I said, now, when I say go, when I give you the signal, I'm going to put on the gas. I said, but all I'm doing, I, I'm just helping you. I am not pulling this big truck out of here. It won't happen. I'm just helping you. So don't try to spin your wheels. Don't try. Just nice and easy. We start to go. Pull that big monster truck right out. And I'm telling you, it was buried. This comes out. He he gets out of his truck and him and his helpers. Well, thank you. I said, no problem. When we get stuck, when we get stuck in our spiritual walk with God, when we get stuck, knowing what God has for us to do. When we get stuck, let the Word, the Spirit, pull us out. Let Him do it. And that still, small voice and that love that only He can have, and He has, and He imparts to us, and He puts within us, we can't get ourselves unstuck, can we, Carolyn? Or can we, Ronnie? Can't do it. We can try. His word. Now, there's something about getting unstuck, though. Yes, I'm spending a lot of time here. Hear me out. Because I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I've prayed, and I'm praying that some of us will get unstuck this morning. That's why I'm spending so much time on this. Because there's something about we can hear the word of God, and we can even receive it, for lack of a better way to say it. And in our mind, we can say, I believe it. But until we say, okay, pull, God. And I'll follow. 
I'm not going to try to do it myself. I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to push put on the gas a little bit, but I'm going to let you pull and and I'm I'm going to follow. Sorry, Ryan, going the wrong way here. We've been in Ephesians 4, and today we're going to Ephesians 5. You know, in our journey through Ephesians 4, I'm still looking at the front screen. In our journey in Ephesians 4, God's given me an awesome object lesson you'll see later. In our journey through Ephesians 4, we saw that Jesus looked and had compassion on his people those that knew him and those that didn't know him. And he went about the land healing and ministering. And we looked at the Bible and how the word of God says that we're to pray to the Lord of the harvest because the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And that's so, so true and hard to really grasp. And I know I keep throwing this number out, but I think it's relatively uh, close is, Three to five percent of all those that say they're a born again believer have never shared the gospel with another person, have never shared God's story. Again, these aren't words of condemnation, so hear me out. And and I know I say this number a lot, and, and I and I only speak this to say, let's look at why. Why why is that? And the first thing that comes up is fear, because I'm afraid. I understand. And then we looked, as we journeyed in Ephesians, we talked about the Bible says God tells us to walk walk worthy of our calling, to walk worthy of that which we have been called. And if you're in this room, you're on the web, or you know what, you play this later a year from now, this sermon. That if we come to that place, and we have come to a place where we have received the call, we have repented of our sin and asked Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, then we are called. God says, walk worthy of that. Walk worthy of that. Walk worthy of that. Walk worthy of that. And you're going to find out in a minute a couple of snapshots of why I believe that's hard to do for us. And it's going to be so simple. When we finally get there, don't shut it down. Don't shut me down and go, oh, yeah, I already knew that. And then the Bible told us through Ephesians that, as laborers, as people that have put our trust in Christ as our Savior, that every single person in the body is to do the work that God intended for us to do. Every person. Not some. Use the illustration. I got up this morning, my whole body came. I didn't leave my arm at home. I didn't leave my mouth at home. Right? The whole body God intends to interact and to be unified, and to be equipped, that God would be glorified. And then we talked about we're no longer to allow the old influences to alienate us from God. Now we're starting to get into the big picture here. Our old influences, we're not to have them alienate us. Alienate us, that seems like a powerful word, but literally to alienate us from God. That we would stay stuck. That guy could have said, he could have said, you know what? I mean, even in his mind. You know what? I told this guy I never get stuck. You know what? You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna pretend I'm not stuck. Come on. I'm just. Now, how would that have worked? Probably for a few minutes, okay. Eventually, the homeowner would have said, "No, I'd rather you take your truck home." Right? So, do we stay stuck? And if we're stuck spiritually and in our walk with God, now hear me out. 
we, we actually think no one knows it. It's like, oh, I'm stuck, but no one can see it. And then we looked in Ephesians where I think it's pretty powerful. The Word of God tells us to put away lying. If you're stuck, speak it. If you need prayer, speak it. I mean, seriously. Unless we speak truth into these things that are lies and these things that try to hold us back from growing in our relationship with God and knowing who the real Jesus Christ is, we'll always be stuck. And here's the scary part. We live in a culture today that not only are we stuck and not only do we pretend we're not, but we actually believe we're not. Let that sink in just a minute. The guy could have said, I could have said, you want, to, want me to help you get unstuck? He could have said, what do you mean? I said, well, yeah, your truck. You know the truck you never get stuck? You want me to help you get unstuck? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not stuck. This sounds silly to you, but I'm telling you, that's a reality in a lot of our world today. And then I could just, I could go over to his truck, and I could go right there. Is that not your truck? Yes. Well, are you not stuck? No. No, that, that sounds silly, doesn't it? I, that don't make sense. That would never happen. Oh, contraire. Now, I don't know if I've ever had an adult do this, but young people all the time. We've said, you want to have some fun, today's culture? Set at the table purposely with about five youth. Sooner or later, one of them's going to slap one of them, or they're going to kick them, or they're going to, and you're going to say, why did you do that? They're going to go, do what? I've had youth, I've been in that scenario hundreds of times. I've had, they've almost, some of them have almost convinced me I saw what I didn't see. And then if my mind wasn't straight and I wasn't really thinking, I would go, no, I know, I know what I saw. Just, just get up and separate, you know, whatever. So let's turn to Ephesians 5 today. This is where we're going to journey. We're going to start with verse 1. And I entitled this morning's sermon, Walk in Love. And I'm going to bypass that video on purpose. Now I have that just as footnotes up there, just kind of, but I'm not going to really uh, actually even follow that. But that's just a highlight of where we're going, walk as children in light. Have no fellowship with unfruit works of darkness. Expose things that are not of God, and Christ will give you light. So let's read together. Let's go to Ephesians 5, verse 1. It says this, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and uncleanliness or covetousness let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, or unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the son of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. 
For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, it is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifested by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Mm. That's a lot. Let's look at what's going on. First, he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. So if we're in this room or you're listening on the web and again, you come to that place where you have repented of your sin and you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says in John 640, I I, I say this scripture a lot, for this is the will of God for he who looks upon the Son of God, and believes in him, shall be saved. Now, now watch. So upon that day when I repented and believed and put my trust in Christ as my Savior, the very Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, had, had at that time came into me and dwells within me. My spirit that was once dead in trespass and sin was made alive in Christ. Now where am I going with this? We're to walk in that love. Whose love? His love. Now, I have the ability to love certain people. You know, even as a non-believer, even as someone who hasn't put their trust in Christ, I have the ability to love. Now, we're all adults here, so let me play this out just a little bit, though. So, like when I met Trish, I was 13 years old. I didn't date. Some, I guess, dated that young. But I didn't love her. And then three years later, I met her again. And and we went to our first date, Jaws. I was hoping she'd get so scared she'd want to grab a hold. No. So we leave the movie, and she says, well, you're going to call me again? And I said, yeah, you know. But did I love her? No. So you know why I fell in love with my wife, Trish? Do you know why? Because she was a fox. I'm just being transparent. Because she looked good. Too deep or too weird? See, the love that we have before Christ and the love that we have without knowing God's love is a real love because created in the image of God, God's given us the ability to love. And, and so you might call it a soulmate, you might, but there's a connection that, that can happen and is not a bad thing whatsoever. It's, it's, it's God-given. But the thing is, when he says that, you know, we're to be imitators of God and walk in the love that Christ has given us, the whole thing changes. My whole life changes. My whole perspective on what love is changes. I was married for 14 years when when the day happened that I went to church and, and became a born-again believer. 14 years, I loved my wife, Trish, very much. She was a fox, 
She was a fox then, and she's a fox now. And so uh, she's very appealing to me. But when the love of Christ came in me, and God revealed what love really was to my heart, all of a sudden I seen Trish in a whole different way. I just did. Now, I'm not saying instantly, but, man, just weeks would go by, then months, and I realized the little things that I said and I'd done, and, I, you know, I mean, of course I loved her, but I, I did little nitpick things and, and this and that, and I'm going, wow, what am I doing? And so the more I allowed the love of God that was in me to express itself to Trish, express itself to those around me, the more I understand this passage right here. I, I don't have this perfected, but he says, be imitators of God. God is calling us right here in this room. He's calling us on the web. He's calling us as his church around the world to walk in his love, not pretending when things aren't right. We express the truth. We don't lie about things. We express the truth. We need to come to a place where love is expressed and not just put to rest for another day. Unforgiveness, never forgiven. An anger, never made right. An expression of love, never spoken. We're to walk as imitators of God. We're to walk in love. Go down to verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for saints. Now, I'm not going to get all into fornication and uncleanliness this morning, but I am going to touch on covetousness. That we wouldn't allow these things in our life that our selfish desire wants so much. We, we got to have this. We got to have that. I got to have what you have. You got to have what I have. And our, and our life becomes about, well, I got to have a job. I got to have a better job. And I have a bigger job. You just don't understand. And I got to have this. And I got to have that. And I got to, and you know, I, I know, again, I, I, I'm not pointing fingers at all. Hopefully I've grown in that. I feel like I have, and hopefully we have too. But the bottom line is, what is in our life that we covet more than the love of God? What is it? These things keep trying to creep in and put themselves before God. You might call them idols. Some of you, some of you will know what I'm saying more if I say we put these idols in our life. What is an idol? Anything that we put before God. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, it says, Neither filthiness, nor foolishness, nor coarse jesting, which should not, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Now, when I, when I, the minute I, I was looking at this scripture, neither filthiness or foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. You know what reminded me of that? Kind of like in our life is, is drama. Does anyone in here have drama in your life? You know where drama comes from? Do you know where drama comes from? Let me, I'll tell you. It says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting. That's where drama comes from. It comes from nonsense. He said, she said. It comes from, you don't even know. But just, you know, again, you know, like, 
you know, there's, there's something that's reality there, but you don't want to address it. You don't want to, to do anything about it. Or worse yet, we're in an environment where others are, are, are coarse jesting and joking around and, and purposely saying things to get someone else's goat or to get their way. And you allow yourself to enter into that. Whether you're a part of it or not, doesn't really matter. The next thing you know, that stuff is coming on you. And these things where we say, where, where, where the words tell us, don't let these things, or foolish talking, or suggesting. Drama. Is it possible to live a life without drama? I know, it's kind of like, I get, I'm getting heads going, no, and yes. Okay, so what we'll do, We'll have all the doors barred shut. We'll have food brought in. We'll turn everything off. We'll be drama-free. You're laughing because you know better. We'd have drama in here. Someone would say, well, open the door. Don't open the door. Well, let's have this thing. Let's have that thing. I want the lights on. I want the lights down. Drama just does happen, right? So can we have a life totally free of drama? No. However, the Word tells us that we're not to let these things. Don't enter into it. Don't, don't be a part of the drama that's taking place. And please don't create it yourself. So stay away from these things. And to say this. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean purpose, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the son of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Okay. Here we go. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Why does that matter? Because by our words, we're justified. Why does that matter? Why is God telling us to not be a part of such things where someone's just speaking nonsense, gibberish, stuff that doesn't matter anyway? Because it becomes a part of who we are. God's made us so wonderfully that our eyes are like a lamp unto our heart. And the things that we see, whether we think we're adult enough to watch them, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because if our eyes are looking upon things that are not righteous or of God, we still take it in and it literally writes to our heart because God created us that way. And the things that we hear, the Bible talks about the thing, be careful of the things we hear because it's a weight unto our soul. And the things that we hear when we're, when we're apart or when we allow ourselves, let no one be deceived with empty words. When we hear the empty word, empty word, empty word, empty word, we go, oh, I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. I can handle this stuff. I can handle people just, yeah, 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 just talking. It doesn't really matter what they're saying. They're just talking nonsense. They're just talking, well, the world's bad, and this is bad, and this is this, and it doesn't hurt me a bit. And it weighs, the Bible says, unto our soul. It literally is, becomes a weight, and and the next thing you know, I'm I, you know, I've been here. I praise God. I don't. I'm just going to tell you a little secret. I don't even watch news anymore. I haven't for 15 years, at least, maybe 20 now. I watch just enough to know and what's happening, just enough. 
I can't tell you how many people I come across, and they're just like, they're watching the news on their, their phone. I, I just can't, and they're like, and, and, and before you, they're just like, I mean, I'm not over-exaggerating. How you doing today? I'm doing good, but did you hear? Did you, did you hear what? Well, you know, yesterday the world was coming to an end, but today it's not, but they said we got another week. Put that thing away. What are you doing? Well, this comes from a very reliable source, I'll have you know. Oh, my goodness. So, I'm not totally ignorant. Like I say, I watched just enough to get a glimpse. Just a glimpse. And then I turn to God and say, let my ears not hear this junk. For most of it is not true. And if it were what what is the true part and what ain't? Even if some of it's true, it's hard to discern and decide. The guy could say, my truck's not stuck. So we look at the things that are going on in the world. And I'm not saying we don't interact as God calls us to pray or intercede or pray pray at City Hall or you know, pray for our president, pray for our government, pray. You know, I'm not saying we, 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 we remove ourselves from those things, but I'm just saying that if we are a part of things that are just idle talk, idle talk, idle talk, I don't care how man up you are, it's going to affect you and it's going to affect your walk with Christ. It's going to affect how you look at people and how you interact with them. And you start looking at things like, I know this seems so simple. It's kind of like, kind of like God, you know, how do you, how do you preach this? I mean, I, I, I think of the, the TV we watch and the, you know, Facebook. And TV's not bad in and of itself. Facebook's not bad in and of itself. But how much do we allow ourselves in our daily life to allow this stuff in, 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 in TV um, whatever, uh, Facebook, social media, and, well, I'm good. Doesn't affect me a bit. But did you hear what John did? John. Not you, John. The Bible, when, when the Word tells us, hey, is the Word, would you consider this to be true? The Bible is the Word of God. Okay? The Word of God is everlasting. For what was, what is, and what will be. So is this word that was, was, was put together thousands of years ago, is this word for us today? Did God know we were going to have TV and social media? It says, let no one deceive you with empty words. I've trish nuts. I just get up and I leave the room when stuff's just start now hallmark movies are okay just don't get hung up on the happily ever after thing all the time it is then you'd be fine but don't let empty words just keep rattling on in your life you wonder why you're not you're struggling finding purpose you're wondering why you're you're struggling in 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 relationships you're wondering why things just don't seem to be right and i'm not saying um that that this is to perfection again but i'm telling you what's happening here is god is trying to let us know how we can walk in love walk in love and that that love relationship that walk is in him not in the world not in the social media not in the tv not in the drama around us just take a deep breath and remove yourself when you can get away from it 
You see your entire life changed before your eyes. I'm serious. And again, it's for a season of time, and I, I, it hits every one of us in this room. It hits everyone on the web. It hits me. I'm constantly reminded of these things. He continues to say in verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. In all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So you want to know when something is trying to come against you, as being said here, meaning idle talk and drama and all that stuff. You want the sure test right here. This is it. Three words. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Is what I'm seeing and hearing and listening to, is it good? Is it righteous? Is it truth? Pastor Tony, you're kidding me. If we based it on truth, I couldn't watch anything, nor could I. It's just a TV show. There's constantly people lying. Well, take a child. Let me take a two-year-old child. Sometimes I think we act that way, and Trish says, me too. Set a two-year-old child in a chair. Put him in a room with a TV that has nothing but negativity, nothing but lying, nothing but, hear me out, for a week. That child is going to leave that room, and they're going to go, oh, it didn't affect me a bit. Is that right? Doesn't happen that way. Now take a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80-year-old person, put them in a room. We become more like it than, than, than we really realize, and then we... It doesn't affect me. We believe the lie. Be like the guy saying, my truck's not stuck. So we're to walk as children of light. And then he says in verse 10, watch this. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful unfruitful works of darkness. Now, this is interesting where, where he says in verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Now, at first glance, I mean, I've, I've looked at this before, and I've taught in this before, but my, my heart's been refreshed here in, in preparing for this morning because when he says, in finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, I have a tendency to say, well, but I know what is acceptable to you. Would you not too? You know, like you're supposed to do good, you're supposed to do right, you're not supposed to lie, right? So, so automatically, my human self says, well, you know, no, I'm not perfect, I'm only human, but, but, you know, I know what God wants. No, what he's saying is, as you are walking in love, you're imitating God. As we're imitating God, we have this litmus test that we says, okay, well, that's not good. That's not righteous. That's not of God. That's not truth. And the more I focus on God, the more I walk in him, the more I imitate God. What he's saying here is, that's when we'll find out what is good and acceptable to God. That it is a process. It's not just, God doesn't just go, Tony, oh, you've you've, you've received my son as your Lord and Savior. You're perfect. But it's a journey. And sometimes, again, born-again believers can be saved 10, 30, 40 years. I've talked to them, and they're still saying, but I want to know God's purpose for my life. After 30, 40 years of being saved, and I'm not being critical. Don't receive it like that. But I'm telling you, it's reality. How can that be? How can it be that we can be saved for so long and be stuck and not admit it? 
and not, and not see the reality of being stuck. How can it be? Because, because month after month, year after year, time after time, before you know it, we've kind of transformed to the world. We've kind of conformed to the world, even as a believer. The truth that God has for us is not our reality. Man, I, I mean, I know that. I'm going to skip ahead for a minute. I know that because in the very end of this, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Born again, believer, wake up. Stop sleeping in the world and drama. You're not who you think you are, that you can take this stuff in and it not affect you. The more you take in, the more it leads you away from your love relationship. I promise you, not because I'm saying it, it's because what the Word tells me. I promise you, we, 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 we can't do what we think we're doing. We'll just keep fading. He, matter of fact, he, he, says, he says this, Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of the darkness, but rather expose them. Now, what would that mean? What would it mean, but rather expose them? It means that when you're, two things to me, it means a lot of things, but two main things is as I'm living my life and I'm walking in the love of God and I'm imitating God and I have this test, what's right, righteous, what's right, what's truth, truthful, and as I start weeding that stuff out of my life, my, what I see, what I hear, and I start walking this journey with God and I'm growing closer to Him, well, what does it mean to expose those things? Well, number two is for me. You got a stuck truck, call it a stuck truck. You're watching some trash on movie, call it trash. Expose it. To who? To you. Stop lying and, and call it what it is. And then the second thing is, God, I pray that men, women, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, born-again believers... That as we journey in life, that we don't point a finger at someone and say, you know, you're going straight to hell because you're watching this movie. Not that, not that. But out of love and out of caring and out of a heart for our families and those that are around us, that we would say, that's wrong. That is not pleasing to God. But no, we have, we, we have this tendency, oh, you know what, it's okay. Have a phone, eight-year-old, whatever. 50-year-olds shouldn't have a phone. 100-year-olds, probably some of you don't need a phone. Well, I don't know if anyone's 100 in here, but you understand what I'm saying? We have a real tendency to, especially in this, you know how many young people, especially, I mean, probably adults too, but it's not as apparent. You know how many young people are destroyed because, I'm speaking it, because we'll give them a phone and think that they won't go places where they shouldn't go, and they won't say things that they shouldn't say, and we, he'll be all right. He's a good. He, he's 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 a good boy. The next thing you know, we have. Now watch this. Tell me if this d- doesn't ring a bell. The next thing you know, we have a generation right now of youth that are very anxious. They're they're very um, angry. They're very afraid. They have no purpose at all. It's bad enough trying to seek purpose. They have no purpose. You know why? Because they have a stuck truck, and their reality is the truck doesn't even exist. What are you talking about? You know why? Because they have no reality. They're made up mostly of this idle talk in this feel-good do-it. Now, you know, I guess that's why they call this preaching, I guess. 
men of God, women of God, believers, we need, we need, to, we need to man up. We need to take seriously that which God has put within us, and we need to expose when something's wrong, it's wrong. With humility and love, we try to tell somebody something, you know, something's wrong. You know, well, why are you watching that vampire movie? Why are you watching that? There's a movie where these two guys are like God, but in the movie, God doesn't exist. And, I mean, people actually uh, role play the characters. And, and I know born-again believers, at least they confess to be, dress up like the demons and the devils because the devils in this movie are good. Ser- serious. The demons in this movie are the good people, so they literally go to conventions and they dress up like them. Now, why am I saying that? Not to cast anything on them, not to talk them down. No, 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 no. I'm saying this because I'm telling you the reality of evil no longer exists for the most part. They truly believe that since the evil is good in the movie, they dress up like that character that they're being good. They truly believe that. We need to expose what is not good, what is not right, what is not righteous, and what is not truth. We do it out of love. He says this, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, arise from the dead. I mean, arise you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Walk in love. Don't let the world deceive you to think any other way. Don't let your flesh... Want to feel good for the moment and put God aside. You got a stuck truck this morning that you haven't been acknowledging. It's time to acknowledge it. It's stuck. Call it what it is. Expose it. Draw near to God. Draw near to fellowship. Prayer. Growing together. Just so I'm very clear this morning, it's it's not any harder than this. Let your eyes and ears fall upon that which is right and true. Watch God transform you. It's not any harder than that. I know I spoke 40 minutes. Put your eyes on things that are lovely and kind and of God. Open your ears to things that are of him, not idle, empty, and junk and drama. He will transform your life. Father, we thank you for that love and grace that only you can give. May grace abound today, this morning. Allow our our hearts to open up to your truth. You desire a love relationship with us. And that changes our whole life as we imitate you. May it be so. May it be said. And if there's anyone here this morning, Father, or listening on the web, 
You know, as hard as this is to understand, I know 1 Corinthians 15.1 says, it is possible to believe in vain that maybe we've heard about God and we've heard about Jesus and our heart's desire says, I better play the safe thing here. Yeah, I know, I know God. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We can know that in our mind, but the Bible tells me that the Spirit of God takes His Word and puts that revelation in our heart. I mean, that we really know we fall short. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's through, it's through Christ. Is that reality or not? Is that your reality or not? I mean, are you saved because you know God and love Him? And Christ doesn't even enter the picture? Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. This morning, if that's you... If the Spirit of God is revealing to you His Word that you are a sinner separated from Him, He's calling you. He says to repent, which means to turn around, change your way of walking your way, and put your trust in His Son. Confess it. How can you believe it? Because He's telling your heart it's true. That Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin. Will you receive that free gift this morning? Jesus.